Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The End Credits, the podcast where two brothers discuss their thoughts on a film of their choosing. I'm Dominic. I'm Jonathan. And today, we are talking about Christopher Nolan's science fiction slash action film, Inception. Boy, we gotta start this off right. So this is where Jack ends up after the Titanic. Oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he washed up on the shore and here he is, uh, however many years later. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed this movie, you know? Um, I can easily see why people liked it. Uh, excuse me, and and why it became so popular. Um, I'm actually like... Man, I was excited to watch this when we uh, discussed this. You know, oh, we're going to watch this this month or whatnot. And um, I guess watching it again f- uh, for the podcast, uh, I guess for lack of better terms, I was uh, disappointed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like, I still enjoyed it, right? I, I, I like Inception for what it is, but in some other ways, I kind of like wanted. It left me wanting more. So in, in that sense, you could say like, oh, maybe that's a good thing. But like in another way, I want to say that I had some like new found issues, I guess. Okay. All right. Inception was directed by Christopher Nolan with a release date of July 16th, 2010. At a runtime of two hours and 28 minutes in the genre is a science fiction slash action. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Ken Watanabe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Marion Cotillard. Now, our Blu-ray copy does not have a summary in the background, so I'm going to have to go back to good old Google for this. That's so sad. (laughs) Dom Cobb is a thief with the rare ability to enter people's dreams and steal their secrets from their subconscious. There... His skill has made him a hot commodity in the world of corporate espionage, but it has also cost him everything he loves. Cobb gets a chance at redemption when he is offered a seemingly impossible task. Plant an idea in someone's mind. If he succeeds, it will be the perfect crime, but a dangerous enemy anticipates Cobb's every move. I did not know he had a first name at all. Yeah, it's Dominic. Finally, a main character has the same spelling as I do for my name. They just abbreviate it to Dom yeah, in it, the yeah, summary. It's just Dom, um, but his whole name is Dominic. Interesting. Was it ever used or you brought up? They say Dom. Really? Okay. Yeah, they say it several times throughout the movie. Usually they call him Cobb, though. Okay, yeah, so, that's, that's what I thought it was. Like, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, Cobb is his last name. Uh, but yeah, finally, there's a character... Uh, Named Dominic, then it's the protagonist. <laughs> it's about time. Um, you know, I like how you were joking about like, oh, you know, this is where Jack ended up when he washed up on the shore of the island or whatever. Um, I liked how the film started in in media res. I always liked those kind of, uh, excuse me, those kind of um, openings for films. Um, and especially since the in media res idea is, um, or like that technique is used a lot throughout that movie. Yeah, it was a it was a good start. They try to do like a, a match cut when they ended the the whole be, uh beginning sequence or end sequence whatever you want to call it. Mm. And uh yeah, it was uh 
it was good to like you know uh try to jump us into like a world like how they kind of do when you know they go into dream states or whatnot so you know it kind of made sense for this whole uh scenario to happen but um i guess in, in uh another way it's it's uh it i don't want to say like because you don't really know right like what it's supposed to mean at that point because i was going to say like it kind of spoils, you know, where it's supposed to lead to. But I guess that's what the whole deal with the media res, you know, where we're shown this, but uh, us as audience don't really see the context behind it. So, like, ultimately it doesn't affect us at all. Right, because we don't understand how we've got here. Right. So, and I think that's um, that's what I like about the media res because we want to know how we ended up here at this place. And obviously it includes this whole epic journey which is the whole inception um and i think you know obviously like coming back because it has that effect to where once we do discover everything it makes that whole moment in the beginning much more meaningful obviously because we have the context right um and yeah but i like i like this opening scene um Especially like yeah, when we have that match cut because we actually go inside of the uh uh like the start of the movie. Um and I like how I like the scene like in general because like it looks great, like the setting's really nice, it looks beautiful, lighting, um, like this the set design and everything looks great. But I like how these this opening scene establishes um it basically establishes the rest of the film, I think. Don't they start off with like talking about Inception? Yeah, because they talk they basically establish the idea of dreams and what dreams can do and what they mean and um and their world. But not only dreams, they talk about the idea of extraction, the idea that they can, you know, steal a piece of information from someone else's mind within a dream. Um so we get that whole concept really early in the movie, so it's great that it's established. And not only do we establish that, we also establish the fact that um, there's problems like within doing so, um, or at least in this case with Cobb, we have the uh, obvious problem that his wife is an intruder in these dreams. At first, we're not really like uh, given that whole information because no. we don't know like who she is at first right. and you know oh this is just some other person we don't even really know it's uh they go into dream sequence or this is like a dream within a dream whatever you know no until like further later on but yeah you're right it's basically established here at first that uh there's some sort of connection here and at least uh the, uh, the wife you know basically interrupts some sort of uh uh espionage deal that goes on right like interrupts the entire process but yeah we, we're given the idea that people can steal um information from your dreams and you got to look out for that and in this case um dom cobb and his partner arthur are making it clear to saito um that someone may be out there trying to get your your information or your secrets or whatever and you know kind of playing it up that I can protect you from that, but you got to let me in. And it's just like a really great display of like giving the audience an understanding of what it means to dream and what their role is and what their jobs are. Cause that's their job 
because they work from some uh, engineering company, as we learn, uh, like not long after. Um, Masaito obviously doesn't fall into this. And um, basically, they're kind of like left to pick up the pieces because um, they're trying. They basically they tell them that these things could happen, and they're actually trying to do so. They're trying to get some information from Saito, and it was some kind of like engineering information from Saito's company for their own, um, uh, for their own company or for their own good. But they obviously um, don't end up obtaining the information. Yeah, it gets cut short, and basically they wound up leaving that whole sequence for like some other sequence at his at Saito's. Uh, like his like a private uh, room in some hotel, right? Right, and that ends up also crumbling, and eventually, again, we're just left with uh, them kind of just failing this mission and seeing where it goes. But I do want to like stop and talk about the whole because they they explain a whole lot of detail right here with like just what happens throughout this whole dream sequence, you know, like. There's tells on, like, you know, what can happen when you get out Mm -hmm. and just the whole idea of going into someone's mind, sharing this dream and, uh, you know, basically also creating that that sense too. Creation. Because, like, I feel like I want to bring this up a a bunch when we talk about as we go further in Inception, but it's very complicated ideas that somehow – you know, Christopher Nolan and his team have to like figure out to tell simply to you know an audience who you know probably has no clue what all these stuff could do or can do. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to say, like in some ways, it's uh, doesn't do it justice in that sense because I feel like in some ways it's it's too it's the details not there and it's kind of like left for the audience like okay let's just go along with it and continue on and i want to say like a lot of that like complex details probably uh i guess left behind or in order just for everything to happen and make sense and i think uh that's one of the like possible barriers for like me like okay i'm aboard this movie 100% just because you know they have to they have to have a lot of uh, leeway, I guess. And it's not like uh, how we talked about before in uh, Batman. It doesn't have that like whole superhero right. aesthetic to like, you know, okay, sure, I'll be okay with it. And in this film, it's kind of like an, it's an action film that tries to stand alone. And it's, um, depending on how you look on it, sure, like, this could hurt the film in some way. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think the hardest part about a film like this is that you have to be able to establish the rules. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, especially with an audience who may not be captivated by the idea or even understand the idea, in this case, dreams, they you you run into the like the situation where you have to, like you were saying, Christopher Nolan and his team have to be able to like give that information in a simple way. And I think with that, you have the kind of like the uh, the drawback or the um, the trade-off. That being, in doing so, that means we, the people who do end up like really getting into it and dissecting every little bit, they might find the holes. 
like the more you watch it over and over again, you're going to start finding like the, the places where it's a little bit more ambiguous, a little bit more up to the viewer. And as a first viewing though, it's a lot of information to take in. So it's really, you don't even see those holes, you know? Um, it might have, it might uh, come off as confusing. Right, right. Uh, exactly. But I think with just with the idea of like the dream world and even as like we see um, or as like Cobb like quotes later in the film, uh, basically talking about the idea that once you're like exposed to that kind of world, the state of dreams, you're not going to want to you're going to under you're going to realize that the real world isn't enough anymore. And I think that like idea could be applied to just the idea of the story and for people watching it. They're going to see that and they're going to think, um, wow, this is something to really get into and understand. And um, I, like, I think it's going, it's going to lead into confusion, of course, no doubt. But I think because it's such an interesting idea with the whole dreams and then as we progress further, it's a dream within a dream and then another one. So I think because of that, it works really well and people are going to be willing to try to understand their confusion. Yeah. I think it's has a great, uh, a great hook, right. For like an action film. Definitely. But if, uh, I guess if you're wanting this like highly detailed, highly, um, I guess research based, like it could happen in the real world, something like for, for science fiction, you know, something like uh, 2001 space odyssey, right. You know, Stanley made sure that everything could actually, is actually like, you know, real, you know, like has some basis in science or in this one, it's kind of like, uh, they had to take like, again, liberties. Yeah. So you could say that, okay, great action film, great, uh, you know, uh, entertainment piece, but maybe, you know, not into that realm of like 2001 space odyssey and realism. Yeah, definitely. And I think in this case, it's a lot better that they probably didn't go into that scientific realm. Um, because I think we get a lot of ambiguity within the film anyway already, and trying to give an answer to everything, that would have probably led to even more confusion. And then maybe at that point, people probably didn't even want to, um, or were willing to understand the uh, the ideas or the rules and the concepts anymore. Um, what we were given, what the audience was given, was probably enough already. Um, but it definitely... I think it does it well. Um, and like with that, I feel like with the ideas of the dreams and the concepts, it's able to deliver like the, those plot points or those plot pieces. Um, I don't know if I wouldn't, I guess I would say clearly, like it, would, it does it clearly and quickly. Um, especially like once we get out of the, um, those like several dream sequences that we're in, in the very beginning, and when we understand what Saito's position is or his role is in the film with uh, Cobb and Arthur and um, basically the idea that now Cobb and Arthur are going to take the uh, uh, the offer of Inception, essentially. Saito wants Inception. Right. Um, since Cobb and Arthur are both skilled in this dream world, he wants them to be able to plant an idea into a uh, a, a, Cido, a a rival of Saito's, right? Some rival mind. company, yes. Yep. 
So, and that that's the idea of Inception, planting an idea in someone else's mind. And I think like when they did all of that, when they discussed all of that, it moved really quickly, you know? Right. It established like a clear pattern, like right. this is the mission. Now let's gather our resources together so that we can complete this mission. Mm-hmm. And that's where we like, the movie takes time to like, um, basically give us all the, the characters that are needed uh, to help them through this complex journey, right? Yeah. Because we go to like around the world, basically. Right. And it's like expanding the ideas in the same way also, you know? And um, also like expanding the stakes. But it's almost like we're like we're given the plot points and everything and it's like just a go, go, go. You mm-hmm. know, it's like we're we're given the plot points and now we're skipping right to the good stuff. And personally, like you're saying... When we do move on to like assembling the team, um, I think that's a really great moment because like we're gathering up this team because, um, as we know, Cobb and Arthur lost their um, architect, so mm-hmm. now they got to find a new one. And as we we go through, we we are introduced to Ariadne, who is the new architect. Uh, one of uh, I ended up doing some research because as we were watching the film, we were confused on whether or not Michael Caine's character is the father of Cobb or Maul's father. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's Maul's father. Oh, really? It's his father-in-law. Okay. Yeah, so so basically, Cobb goes to his father-in-law who works in Paris in, in archi- ar- like an architectural school or, of some kind. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, Cobb um, seeks out a new student so they, they can be the architect. He picks out Ariane. Um and let's see, who do we go to next? I think it's Eames. Yeah, Eames is next. Uh, he's their what uh, forger, their uh, yeah. identity theft guy, basically. Yeah. I, I think every time when I get to the Eames part, like I love this whole team assembly sequence, but like when we get to Eames, he's probably one of my favorite characters, and I really enjoy when like we get those moments with him. Um, but yeah, he ends up. Uh, going to Eames and it looks like they've worked together before. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. This whole sequence of uh, just introducing more characters and like being able to seek out someone who's more experienced in a certain particular thing because obviously Cobb can't do it himself, especially with the this Inception idea that they need to um, or the Inception like uh, plan that they need to go for forth with. Mm-hmm. And um. I think it's just like really interesting. It's enjoyable. It's fun to watch like the group assemble. And even like when we get to Yusef, the, the, uh, the, like the technician with the medicine and being able to like provide the sedatives that they're going to need in order to go down, uh, three three levels of, of dreams. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, just, like, with those concepts and everything, it just makes it all the more interesting, and you're like, man, what does this mean? What are the, like, what are the the extents that uh, these characters are, like, capable of? Like, what are their abilities? Um, and they're all, like, so smart in their own way, and it is really enjoyable to watch and see them work together. Yeah, uh, here's, like, a, again, uh, the moment in time where the movie tries to take these complex ideas for inception and how everything can work and tries to, I guess, explain it to the average audience. And I feel like, you know, uh, 
Again, if you're watching this for your first time, it's probably okay. You might get confused and like, okay, wait, what? what's happening here? But I think uh, as you go along, like I feel like I've seen Inception 8 billion times. Yeah, it's okay? been a while. <laughs> And um, I don't know, like uh, when I when I saw it, you know, recently again for the podcast, I was like, uh, wait, can this really happen? For example, like when they were creating uh, the, the sedatives, you know, the different types uh, to go three layers deep. Yeah. You know, like... How would you be able to create one that gives your hearing, your, oh. your hearing doesn't uh, go impaired or whatnot? And uh, that doesn't make sense. Like you could still feel the sensation of falling. Yeah. It's like, kick. how would you go about making, I don't know, for me, that does, that seems just, that's just one example of like the liberties they take, I feel as if to make this all action sequence happen. Like just to, yeah, kind of like bring it all together and let it like, I guess tie up neatly. Yeah. I also agree. Like that moment, I felt like everything was working really well together. In my opinion, before that moment, I think yeah, like you like you said, I think it's just those are one of those like examples that uh, I remember hearing, and I was like, he customized the sedative so it would it not impair yeah. your hearing. I was like, what? It was a little strange, but hey, maybe it's possible. But I don't know. I mean, I definitely agree. This is the part where things get confusing, but. They really try to make it streamlined and simple um, through the characters trying to figure it out. Like, and watching their plan develop is like the way that the audience is receiving that because they're talking through it and they're trying to understand it and try to, you know, form the plan together. And it's helping all of us. Right. It's like, yeah. I guess, again, I think it works, you know, the first couple of times, mm-hmm. but I, I think eventually you kind of like, you start to see, wait, wait, what, or start to question a little right. bit more. Yeah, totally. Just, just, the, just the, the rules of this whole uh, boundaries. But uh, again, if you're looking for like uh, an action, you know, film that you can enjoy that has like a little bit complexity, uh, it's fine, you know? Yeah, I think it's all it needs because... Um, not gonna lie, I, I was still like intrigued by it. Right. It's I think it's you're just it, starting to pick up on right. some of those things. It's hard not to like get invested in some of these characters, I feel as oh, like. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh it, that at least helps, you know, carry the whole movie along. Mm-hmm. Um around around this part, even before, because like we were saying in the beginning, we are introduced to um uh, Cobb's wife, but we don't know how much of a problem she is yet. Or, you know, we don't really know the whole backstory. Um, and then we get like a little bit more, especially when they're talking about, uh, like when they're getting ready for the inception, um, plan, when they're getting ready to go through with it, Ariane starts to like discover more about, um, Cobb and his wife, Maul. How did you feel about, Cobb and Maul's story. I guess in a way, I was about to call it a subplot, but I don't think I would call it one. I think it's more of like the main plot really for Cobb to, because Cobb really just wants to get back home and he can't go back home. Uh, It's probably... Is it more of a subplot or is it the the, the main? It, it depends because like, you know, obviously he's the main character. Right. I would say it's more of the, a subplot because the whole movie really evolves around the inception thing i feel as if well oh man it's tough actually 
either way it's part it's it's it's, it's a part big, of yeah it's a big thing of the plot okay? right and uh i don't know it's it's uh, what's the deal with nolan's uh recurring broken relationships theme <laughs> i mean like, like i mean it works i think you know it's like it creates this interesting factor that you know that goes into you know he basically can't do his whole job because you know he's he feels guilty about the the death of his wife at least and uh i don't know like i think it works but like like i don't i didn't find myself questioning uh too much when it came to the areas like um okay sure you know a death of again a loved one it's gonna it's gonna hurt you right and right it's gonna it's gonna you know basically stay with you until you can eventually you know move on but uh no i i um i think it worked as like a, a another i guess because you could call her a villain you know for the for the film you know a villain arc quote sure. unquote. yeah um i think it worked i didn't find myself when i was watching it questioning so much what i was like questioned much was just the rules of the world rather than uh how he viewed his relationship or what went down so i don't think I don't think I really even thought about it. Interesting, because for me, I felt like uh, I was definitely the least invested in that part. In those moments, I was I was definitely more invested in the and in the Inception story, mm-hmm. and not as much with Cobb and his backstory and everything. I almost kind of felt like at some points it was kind of the main focus because obviously, in order to the only reason why he took the uh, the Inception. Um, offer was because Saito would be able to um let him go back home, but I don't know. It just it felt like it felt like they were paying attention to the whole Cobb story in the beginning, and as we progressed, the inception became um more of the idea. And I don't know. I guess because of that, it just felt like the Cobb and his backstory was starting to fall on the wayside, in my opinion. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. As I was watching, I just didn't feel like I was as invested in that storyline as we progressed. In the beginning, I thought it was, I thought it was nice, but I think just because like Maul kept messing up things time and time again, like in the plan and, and whatnot, for whatever reason, I always felt like it fit back when I used to watch it um, when I was younger. Um, but I feel like now, as like watching it nowadays, I feel like it just doesn't fit as well as I remember it. Um, like actually like fitting. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess for, for me, I can, I can kind of see where you're, what you're saying. And if anything, uh, it's more on, uh, just how Cobb reacted for me, at least like, uh, yeah, you know, how, how, uh, he puts everybody else in danger. He doesn't really let anybody in. It makes sense, you know, like uh, he doesn't want anybody, you know, to um, – he doesn't want to trouble anybody, you know, with, with his uh, whole problems, quote, unquote. And, uh, sure. Um, you know, he, you can you see that, oh, he's kind of just desperate to get home, so he just feels like, you know, it's on him. But I guess, uh, again, it goes back to the whole rules thing, you know. Like the idea that him and Ma went to limbo for like ever and they come back. I'm like, 
what does that got to do to your mind, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like, uh, I don't know. I feel as if uh, you'd be so, he seems, well, I guess that's the whole, uh, you could even um, basically claim that that's why he acts this way or whatnot, because, you know, he's been through this whole thing, so his mind's kind of like, I don't know, it, it, it it depends on what you want to say about it, but he's definitely not. Um, he's definitely not too stable. It's it's clear, especially like as we see like in little bits of scenes um, before like the inception, um, uh, like before inception actually takes place. He's doubting. He's doubting reality quite a bit every now and then. You know, like he, as we learn about totems, the pieces that. Basically, um, everyone has a totem and their own totem reveals whether or not they're dreaming or not or in their mm-hmm. reality. And in, in Cobb's case, it's a, it's a top. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he's going back and forth with his top like quite a bit whenever he gets inside of a dream. Usually when it, um, or maybe every time when it includes Maul or when he keeps like seeing images of uh, um, like, you know, the past. He'll constantly like go to his totem and like just try to make sure that, um, try to reassure himself that he's actually in reality and not dreaming. And so it's clear that like he's not in a good place right. and that he's struggling to maintain the idea of whether or not, or like maintain the idea then to know that he's in reality or not. And I think as you were saying, the like, you know, what's it going to do to his mind? I think we're seeing those like, we're seeing yeah. that actually manifest within the movie. And it's not like, we just forget about all right. that, you know? Yeah, you're right. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I, I didn't really... I, I agree with you. I think the way that he just reacted to it, um, basically not telling the the, uh, the rest of his like team that they could be in potential danger and whatnot, it just like Ariadne was like the only one who had... who only who already knew that these problems were getting worse and worse. And it's like until she came around and let um, Cobb know that this is a problem and you got to let the others know. It's like really at this point, you're finally going to let them know. And I don't know. Yeah. It just kind of felt like he should have done it a long time ago. And the fact that he didn't was irritating. Upsetting. Yeah. yeah <laughs> upsetting and irritating. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we enter like the, the beginning of the mission, I want to say that, uh, the biggest power play was when Saito was like, oh. he just buys the airline. I'm right. like, that was the best part. Best line, yeah. probably. Best line of the entire movie. It's hilarious when they're going through and, um, yeah, talking about the Inception mission. Yeah, that moment when Saito just says, like, yeah, I bought the entire airline because it seemed neater. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, man, hilarious. So good. <clears throat> what a good character. And the fact that he actually – um. He joins them. He joins the rest of them on the mission because he originally wasn't supposed to be there. Right. Um, so that was neat that he ended up uh, coming along. And as uh, Eames would say, there's not enough room for tourists on this mission, on a mission like this. But <laughs> I love I love the relationship between the characters too. Um, they all work so well together. Right. And, um, and I don't know if that's just like in terms of like them as actors as well that they work together. And I I hope they did because I think it definitely shows, especially with the characters that they're playing. Um, they s- definitely have a chemistry, and the characters certainly do. And it makes 
everything feel a lot more like I can get with this. And I can suspend my disbelief for this because um, everyone's like just so in line with each other, you know? I wonder, like, going to the production side of this movie, like, what order they shot everything in. Oh, yeah. Because, like, obviously, uh, we see that, like, uh, camaraderie, you know, in them. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I wonder in reality-based, like, did they shoot this scene yet? Or did they shoot this scene yet? Like, did they have this, like, moments to talk about or whatnot? Mm -hmm. Or was it just, like, that was real time, quote-unquote, and... uh, then they do like other the all the other scenes. That's kind of like interesting to like see. Uh, I wonder how they pieced it all everything together. I'm sure it was strange, but um, yeah, usually those shots are or those scenes are shot out of order. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder how, how it must have felt like to go from this, and then oh, the next day we're gonna go to the like one day we're gonna be in the very uh, like middle, and then the next scene we're in the beginning. You that, know? That's what I'm saying because it's it's got to be tough for the actor just to like okay, they don't have this level of uh, you know relationship. Oh, okay. yet. yeah. So like the fact that we saw it right here, do they as actors have to like up up the relationship value <laughs> level? I don't know yeah, like yeah. what you want to call it, or that was it like this was after the facts, so, so they. Was natural. It was natural to them. Yeah, I don't know. Like me, you know, they just had to get to know each other a little bit more. I'm sure, but yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, you usually see Christopher Nolan reusing a lot of people too, which is like nice because then it kind of like builds these relationships even further. Because like, oh, I worked with you at one point, now I'm gonna work with you again down the line, and it just helps. Right. Um. It's really exciting when we finally get into the, like the Inception mission. Yeah, like, I- when it starts, like finally happening i feel like this is where the movie really starts mm-hmm. in my mind it's mm-hmm. like okay because how far are we in this film probably like an hour at this point i don't even know because i feel I like i, I feel know. as if the the inception mission takes a bunch of the time yeah and so this is i want to say this is where it starts i don't know for like an hour or like maybe we're in halfway i'm not sure but uh we're not we, we might not even be at the hour mark yet Oh, that's true. At this point. Like I said, I think it moves really quickly. Like when we're assembling the team and like the whole beginning section, it moves pretty quickly. And I think we're probably like, I don't know, maybe 45, 45 to 50 minutes in at this point. I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, they finally start like uh, going through with the mission and everything and like them going under and like they're in the plane and um, uh, they've got uh, Killian Murphy's character in there, um, Fisher, Robert Fisher. And I love how we get into the first dream and uh, it's Yusuf's dream and uh, it's like all raining and everything because, and it's great because I actually never noticed this. He actually takes a sip of wine right before he goes under. You didn't notice this? No. Well, I always noticed the line that I think Eam said, or maybe, uh, maybe it was Arthur who said it, who said like, oh, you just had to take a, you know, like you had to go on like a wine fest or something right before you went to sleep. Um, I, I, I noticed that line. I noticed that. But I never actually noticed him taking the sip okay. right before he went under, and I was like, "Oh, I never, I never caught that that moment before." Yeah. And I thought I was like, "Oh, that's really funny." Um, so that was a, n- a nice little like tidbit that, like, after all these years watching this movie, you learned something new. Still. I learned something new, so that was neat. That was funny. Um, yeah. So like, it's raining and everything, and um, the the mission definitely does not go to plan. 
early on, very early on. Yeah, I was like, they're expecting this like easy, calm, you know, like basically in and out, we got this, you right. know. But what happens is uh, basically this, uh, they say it's like a, like a military assault basically, right, that happens where a train comes out of nowhere and guys in these uh, cars and trucks just start pulling out like assault rifles or something like that and just start uh, protecting Fisher. And it's kind of like, whoa, 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 we yeah. weren't planned for this. No, not at all. And, uh, yeah, at this moment, like, if you got the volume cranked when you're watching this movie, definitely turn it down at this point because yeah. that train is loud when yeah. it comes in. Um, but, yeah, so, like, Fisher, so, like, obviously they weren't prepared for this, and they didn't even know that Fisher might have received some kind of training to protect his mind from extractors. Which here, again, that that could be, like, a, a complicated thing to, like, even uh, – they kind of brushed off, I feel, because, like – Obviously, in this world, and like going into people's minds or whatnot, oh. is a uh, like an actual talked about thing, you know, and that there's training to protect yourself from, you know, it's, right? It's, it's like I don't know, it's a weird, weird concept to think about in our reality nowadays because, like, it's kind of like okay, you know, how they sell VPNs, right? You know, yeah, somebody yeah. might see what you're, uh, you know, browsing or whatnot. Sure. It's kind of like that, or like they give you some sort of thing to, like, okay, this is a real thing. And, you know, we're going to keep you safe out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, but it, right. it's a big issue that I feel like kind of just gets swept under the rug. Well, see, like, again, with, with the idea of how the movie needs to present all these concepts and ideas. I think it's okay because no one's going to question like, okay, like it's just training and uh, someone could take training for it in this world. And they're not going to go into it too deeply because we're, we have bigger things to understand and like learn um, if you aren't confused already. Right. So it's kind of like, I understand, but I, I think with the context and with the, with the uh, purpose of the movie, I think it's okay. Yeah. yeah we can just keep going. Right. Um, it's definitely really intense, like I hear, because they get ambushed, and Saito gets injured. Uh, he gets shot, and basically he's he's at the point of like, oh, he could die at now. Yeah, and that le that leaves uh, everyone uh, very anxious, anxious and um, on edge, because if Saito dies, um, it's not like they can just he'll just wake up at this point. Um, he, his mind will probably get lost to limbo, which, um, like, so they they introduce like the whole like limbo idea that basically like with such a um powerful powerful sedative something like killing yourself within the dream won't just wake you up, uh, you'll your mind will be sent to limbo, um, which is like some space in the con subconscious. I don't yeah. I don't know how they even uh, explain what this place is, but right, basically. Limbo is limbo. Yeah, you, everyone gets yeah, that. Yeah. You don't. You don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. And as they describe, it's basically like a world full of nothing. Like the nothing's down there, you mm -hmm. know, um, except for what people have left, uh, for who like you know anyone who's created anything down there. And as we, you know, find out that the only one who is who has been down there is uh, Cobb. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So basically, everyone's on edge. It's it's all it's all bad, and it's all downhill from here. Yeah. And uh, because they didn't expect any of this, but they continue on with the mission um, because that's really the only choice they have. Um, yeah, pretty intense. Yeah, basically, 
they're still trying to, the whole mission of the Inception was to basically change Fisher's mind so that he would uh, basically dismantle his father's company. So they're trying to get him to, I guess, here's like another uh, thing that's good brushed over, right? Like this whole mission or whatnot. So they they want to basically re- repair his father's relationship but in reality was that ever the case you know because they're they're, they they're gonna change fundamentally how he thinks about his father right right in reality he had like this terrible relationship you know just with the whole business and everything and like they kind of like feed him this idea that oh he actually was a good guy and he cared about you like that's like a good thing to do is like oh yeah i want to like my parents and everything like they did a lot for me sure but technically that was all a dream right so like yes did, did you or know, an idea that they're trying to like plant it right in so like technically this isn't this whole mission like here just at the start you know a bad thing that they're doing well yeah it is because uh as, you know because as we um as we know saito he wants, yeah, because he wants uh, Fisher's father, father's company, because the um, Fisher's father has a company, an an energy like conglomerate that's like taking over, and Saito's also in this energy business, and Saito needs the corporation to fall. Fish Fisher's father is dying, and now Robert Fisher, the son is the one who's got to take over but he doesn't want him Saito doesn't want Robert Fisher to continue it because it's going to put Saito Saito's company out of business. So it is it's really all about business and Saito just right. wants the company the empire to fall. It, it's so just, Saito can still have his energy business and company. It's just like the fact that you know we're in the viewpoint of the main characters and we want to believe that oh they're doing the right thing and oh yeah we're we're on this mission to you know uh, simply like save the world, quote unquote, right? But like, we're doing something bad, technically, right? Aren't we? Yeah, it's a it's a business. Yeah, it's, a business. it's like oh oh okay. Yeah, and see, I and then I think that's maybe another thing that kind of gets glossed over. It's like, why are we doing this again? You're right. And um, you know, it just kind of gets like replaced with the action and the the, yeah. the awesome the like stakes, dream state. Don't die, yeah. and you know, save you know the people who went along with your, you know, your whole inception plan and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, forgive yourself and, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. You really do get lost in it because I think again, the idea that the dreams and the ideas and the concepts and the rules that are involved with inception, that is captivating for most people. And once you are in it, you kind of don't want to let go and you're just really invested in that and that only, which is why I was saying that I feel like the Cobb storyline kind of falls a little bit short because the Inception idea is so captivating that I kind of really just forget about the, not forget about it, but I just, I'm just not as interested with Cobb and and, and his wife, Maul. Like at that point, I'm just kind of like, I just want to go back to the inception world. Like, I, always <laughs> I want to go back on. to the action. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see what's happening. Um, yeah, so, you know, they're in that first level, and then they have to go to the second one. I, I, and again, I think it's just really interesting as we go further down and deeper down because we see 
how everything is like working together and you start to understand them more, um, especially like when you go from like the first to the second as they put themselves under again. And um, yeah, just like really interesting, especially like the way the physics play. And that's a really, that's another great part of this film. Um, just the way that like physics are like playing um, a role in the world. And that being, you know, there is no physics, really, I guess. Um, right. Things are like, things could be floating. Things could be like moving. It's, it's a dream. A, yeah, it's a dream. And things move in a weird way. And that's the really cool thing is because as you're watching these scenes, as we go down like the first and the second and even the third dream, people can think in their minds, you know, um, like, you know, that that is kind of how dreams work. You they, they, they don't necessarily like follow the rules of physics. You never know how they start or begin. You're kind of just in the mid thrusted in the middle of it. And um, you're seeing all these things take place and you're trying to make some kind of sense out of it. It's also cool that in some ways that the uh, like the above level, I guess, uh, affects the lower level, you know, because that like is cool. Yeah. How, you know, we're or that they as characters are, are in some van in the back of a van that's going, you know, in a, this chase scene, trying yeah, like, to get away from the the armed guys that we have know nothing about. The projections, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, when they're in this, like, hotel, bar area, you know, they they see just how much everything has changed around just because, oh, uh, the water splashed on you, and, you know, the again, going back to this physics, it just completely changes the whole weather in this uh, level, and um, I don't know, it's kind of... it's cool to see yeah definitely it's intriguing and it's like enjoyable to watch and like to understand and i really love that moment when we do get into the second dream and how uh like uh Cobb is kind of playing this whole kind of like how we did with saito in the very beginning as we saw Mm -hmm. um as this like person who protects you from extractors the ones who want to steal things or information in your dreams in your subconscious or in your mind so he kind of plays that he plays that kind of role when um uh he's under with um uh with Robert with Robert Fisher and like basically trying to like tell him that like oh you're dreaming and he's like actually telling yeah. him that hey you're dreaming right now and someone's trying to steal information from you the Mr. Charles sequence yeah the Mr. Charles like you know like gimmick or yeah. something the character and uh it's really interesting it's really interesting that like he went that far, and it's a risky move to to tell the subject that um, you're dreaming right now, and someone's trying to steal information from you. Well, I, it makes you also wonder, like, because uh, obviously their plans, you know, get disturbed, you know, completely, right? They, right. They shatter. You know, plan A is long gone, right? Yeah. It just makes you wonder what was the original plan, because you know, when they're driving, they're like, "Oh, let's just go with Mister Charles or whatnot," right? Oh, right, yeah. And it's like. You know what was the what was the other thing they're gonna do? You know when they got to this level, you know, because this was the risky part. Because we could obviously see how risky it was to tell him that oh this is a dream, and uh, yeah, it just makes you wonder. Like, what was the original plan? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like well, yeah, exactly. Was it actually more thought out and thought through? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree. And like, and the reason why it is such like a, you know, um, such a uh, like risk to even tell Robert that he's dreaming is because like, oh, he could wake himself up and that'd be real really bad. Mm-hmm. And um and probably everyone would get lost to limbo at that point. 
but yeah, th- you know, I-, I think probably the second dream is probably one of my favorites. Um, when um, Cobb is playing the whole Mr. Charles role. And um, I don't know, like, again, just like in the very beginning, we get a great sense of like, um, like setting, like let's appreciate the setting and the look of everything, like the 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 lighting, like the just like the, the costumes, everything just looks uh, so great in the scene. I don't know, like this entire like second dream is definitely one of my favorites, um, especially like when we get into like the uh, the the famous the famous like zero gravity scene when uh, Arthur has his big fight with uh, the projections within the dream, and uh, even as I was watching it this time around. I was like, man, I was thinking back to 2001 A Space Odyssey because Nolan was inspired by that film. Um, it took several production ideas um, that uh, Stanley Kubrick had used in 2001 and, and implemented them in Inception. And um, specifically this fight sequence. And it was so neat to like see it like happen. And the music is just so epic. And you're just watching this whole um hallway or building like just turn like in a whole 360 and people are fighting like within it and it's like how is this even happening right now of course it's a dream but it's just this is what's so captivating about a film like conception yeah it's kind of a, honestly like a shame that we didn't spend more time there because i feel like they kind of left quickly and it was arthur quick. arthur was just on his own yeah and it like sure we got these all cool scenes and all uh uh, just how you know the again all this gravity and all this fight scenes so they had multiple fight scenes and whatnot yeah but it's kind of like uh i guess once they got everything okay you know fisher's like okay i'll go with you or whatnot and i'll help you uh go into uh you know his mind technically right right yeah uh, you know I, I don't know it's, this it's such a cool location and again setting and uh everything about this uh design but yeah, it's like we, we kind of just like move on to like the snow area, and it's kind of like uh, uh, it makes you question like how this one affected the other ones, right? Because like uh, you know when he drank you know, his wine or whatnot on the on the plane, it affected the world below. Oh right! Like how did we get to this cold area? You know, was it was he cold or something in the hotel? I don't know. Possibly, maybe he was just thinking like, oh, things are like cold right now. That's yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good question, and it also leads me to wonder, like, because we we obviously know that people have to, um, like, we have the architects, for example, mm. and they have to design the dreams. But how do they design someone else's dream if we're within their own dream? Right. And so I was like, confused. It's like, how do you even design this stuff? Like, because you know, if, if if you know, you do any like. I mean, video editing, maybe even sound or 3D stuff. You know, you have to input this stuff, you know, when you, you do everything on there, right? Right. Like, how would you input this in your mind? Do you just think about it before you enter or? Right. Like, how does, I don't know. <laughs> Again, it, it does leave things up in the air and whatnot, and it's hard to, like, actually pinpoint and um, explain explain everything thoroughly you know mm, let's just go with it. let's just go with it <laughs> and it is really fun you know we're in this like snow scene but obviously as we're seeing that saito is um you know we're losing saito more yeah. and more as we go deeper and uh not doing so well and again the it seems like everything's falling apart especially since they're losing time um 
in order to, uh, you know, uh, go through with the mission. So they had to take some shortcuts in that last dream, which they do. And Ariana is a little bit like, um, you know, hesitant to let Cobb know what the, that shortcut is, because as we know, Cobb likes to let Maul into his, like his, his mind. And if Maul gets involved, everything gets, yeah, yeah, everything's over and it gets all messed up. And as we see, Maul, um, you know, intrudes the dream and uh, kills uh, Robert Fisher. Yeah, no hesitation or nothing. <laughs> uh, then, and then um, uh, Kov, you know, kills Maul. And um, basically, it seems like at that point, we're at the third level down of the dream states. And it's like, at this point, Robert Fisher's dead. The mission's over. We're yeah, done, guys. We're done. We're done. Pack it up. Yeah, pack it up. We're going home. We're going to limbo. <laughs> and uh, it almost seems like at that point, we're like, oh, man, this is the, the last bit of hope that we have, and there's nothing else. It's, it's kind of funny in that scene, actually, you know, when they, like, okay, it's game over, right? But, like, it's kind of like even the music, I feel like, just drops out because it's like it had this intensity, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And, oh, Okay, it's over. All right, let's just, let's, you know, pack it up. <laughs> right. And then... Um, it's like, oh, I was like, I, I wish we, we saw what happened, you know, in the next level. I was like, ah, oh, dang it. Oh, you right, because even Eames was saying that. He's like, oh, man, I really want to see what's behind that, like, yeah. the, you know, that big, like, cell door or whatever. Um, he's like, oh, man, I was like, I, re- I, I thought we really had this one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we thought so, too. Um, and then Ariane, like, you know, realizes that there is another way still. And she's like, why don't we just go to Limbo? Like, why don't we actually just force ourselves to go to Limbo? Yeah. And I'm like, huh. oh, okay, I guess they can. <laughs> and at that point, probably if you're really confused, you're really confused now. Yeah. You know, and um, they end up going to Limbo. And it's like, why not? Yeah, exactly. Because obviously Fisher's got to be down there because his mind's lost at this point already. Mm-hmm. And if you're not following, it's totally okay. Just go ahead and watch Inception because... Um, we can only sum up so much, and I understand. Even as I'm speaking and talking about it right now, I'm probably confusing. <laughs> um, I'm confusing myself. But yeah, so then uh, Ariane and uh, Cobb have to go and, uh, you know, go down into Limbo and find Fisher and basically bring him back with a kick, and they have to figure out how they're going to do that. They don't even know how they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And... Again, we play back into like this Cobb and Maul storyline and we finally like finish it out. Yeah. And yeah, see, like again, at this point, I'm just I'm just not invested in their storyline anymore. I'm just like I want it to end already. And I don't know if you felt that same way. Um Yeah, I, I guess it, at this point it doesn't seem as impactful because you you, you kind of got invested in the whole Fisher storyline at this point. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's really, I guess, no room for the mall and cop storyline. So they're like, okay, you know, I guess you don't feel that like weight, I guess, of that moment that you should do. I agree. And it's kind of like unfortunate because I feel as if, uh, you know, once you learn that, oh, it was him that caused her to do this whole guilt stuff or this whole uh you know uh basically make her believe that her reality wasn't real or and stuff like this you know like uh right because she ended up killing herself in the in the real world right and uh you know it's basically that's why he feels guilty and whatnot right and it's kind of like unfortunate because you know their performance at that time you know it i think it it, it holds up right oh yeah definitely. but like i don't know it just 
again, you were just focused on the Fisher storyline at this moment that like even their performances at that moment, you know, you still didn't really feel. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally know what you're saying because like at this point, like we were going like it was all so fast and then we slowed down in this last act. Mm -hmm. And it is like, I again, I think it is kind of unfortunate because I don't think it's really necessarily like a bad storyline, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's good, but I just think that I think the maybe the placement was a little off, right. um, especially like how you're saying that we were invested in the Robert Fisher storyline and the Inception storyline. That like you you just kind of feel like at this point you just don't really want to see the the Cobb and the Mall storyline, and their performances are so good. That that whole scene, though, I, I'll admit it's really good, especially like when you pair it with the music. And the performances, and you're just like, um, and like as we know with the whole their story, and Ma, you know the Ma wanted to grow old together with Cobb and everything, and the fact that like you you do realize that they ended, they actually did, they had a whole like fifty years down there or more, mm. and they did grow old and everything, and that's when we learn like, you know that, uh, you know when they came back. Like they were like in youth again, and um, but Maul still had like that idea, like still in her head that her reality wasn't real. Yeah, like you you get all that information like right then and there. It is it is good, but I don't know. I just feel like at that point you just you just kind of tune out because you you want to see more of Fisher, and you want to be able to get back into that Inception storyline. So yeah, everything's basically like picking up at this point. You know, we're really getting like thrown with all the information and uh, even um, Cobb decides to stay behind because he knows at this point that Saito is probably lost in limbo and he's probably somewhere down here and now he needs to find him. And this whole like end sequence was really neat, especially like when they have to uh, whenever like member of the group has to like sync up the kick for everyone to actually wake up and come back to reality such a cool scene epic it's the definition of a blockbuster film at that moment yeah as uh it, it's pretty good when they 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 go into that whole uh sequencing of the of the kick or trying to sequence but uh i guess i guess before we we do get to that the whole sequence we do get the payoff for the fisher storyline all right and uh, i think this is where at least i feel the most stuck you know in comparison when we we talked about like uh uh, the Cobb and Maul storyline. Like, I don't really feel too much. And it's kind of unfortunate, again, going, yeah. going back. But, like, in this in this uh, moment, with the whole his father and everything, I can't help but, like, always, like, oh, dang it, you know, or something. I, yeah. I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel something. Start, like, tearing up a little yeah. between, yeah, Robert Fisher and his, uh, his father. Yeah. Even, even though, like, again, going back to the idea that, oh, maybe, you know, it's a fake because this is a dream. It was like, why? It, it, it is kind of strange that that the the fact that the that whole like story is kind of for like not the the best the best uh like purpose mm-hmm. but the but like I agree you just do feel something from the storyline the fact that their their relationship is definitely like it's rekindled mm-hmm. and it it actually you know it brings it brings something else in Robert Fisher like this different side of him because like throughout the the film he's like kind of cold and everything yeah. and kind of like rude and everything but like this moment when he's got the the heart to heart with the father and son, yeah. I don't know. It, it was such a it was a good moment. It was a good moment. It was a, it was a great moment that you just like 
And it only lasted like a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man. And then when you know, Eames hits the button and the whole you know sequencing back with the kick starts. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like we were saying before, it's really cool just to see all their like they kind of drop all at once. You know, like open their eyes, open their eyes, open their eyes, and then boom, we're back to yeah. the first level or whatnot. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, basically they quote unquote. It's kind of weird, though, at that point, because, like, I always thought, I was like, how come they went all the way back to the first level and didn't go all the way back to the plane sequence right there? Because, like, shouldn't that kick in the in the first level brought them back also, you know, to the real world? So now it's like, wait, wait, what? I was confused, too, because, yeah, because the kick in the first one should th- should have brought them back into the reality. Yeah. I don't know. Here's here's another moment where like, okay, whatever, but Or maybe that, that kick from the first level was only meant to just bring them back to that first level. And then by by the by the time they got back to the first dream, they just had to kill themselves or something. No, because uh, you know, in the beginning of the film, uh Cobb or Leonardo DiCaprio, he drops into the water in the in the other one to wake himself up. Oh, he didn't go back to another right. one, so he- Okay, I guess it makes sense. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only to get back to that first level. Yeah. So we yeah. didn't actually see how they got back from that first level, but we can assume that... They got back somehow. They got back somehow because they, they did. Because we end up back in the, the plane. Uh, well, before that, though, yeah, we do see... Uh, we're, we're thrusted back yet again to the very beginning of the film. Yep. And now we understand this in-media res moment between Cobb and... Um, and what we realize now is, now is Saito, Saito yep. as an old man waiting to die alone. Yeah. Oh, no, darn it. I said it wrong. <laughs> man. An, an old man filled with regret waiting to die alone. You always uh, mess up these end sequences, I feel like. I know. Uh, especially when we Bobby Goods, you know, you messed up the headline. But I, I, know, I know. Jesus. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Th- that's the line. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, we, we see Saito again. And, uh, like, it makes that whole in-media res moment from the beginning much more meaningful. Yep. And that's what I really like about those kind of moments because we see it in the beginning. Sure, like, was it ruined? Yes, I guess. I don't really see it as ruined because we don't yeah, really understand we don't the context. Really, we don't really get the context. Right. So we're back We're back here at this beginning, and now Cobb is just basically telling him, reminding Saito that who who you are, and we gotta, you got to go back with me, and we got to go back and be young men together again. And uh, we end up do going back, and that that's definitely a crazy part. I can't, I couldn't even imagine how it must have felt for Saito. Yeah, it's like I can't believe he's in one piece. Oh, it seemed like you know we don't really get like uh, that confirmation or whatnot. Yeah, really. But uh, I, we almost kind of we almost kind of do in a in an inexplicit way. I really love that moment when both Cobb and Saito come back when they are woken up in the plane or when they wake up in the plane. And you get this, you see it in their eyes. We have no, we have no dialogue, no actual like dialogue. And I love that we, I love that it's just left to nonverbal communication. Cobb wakes up and look at the, like the look in his eyes. Like he's almost doesn't recognize um, who's talking to him. I think it's just like one of the stewardess in the plane. She doesn't even, or he doesn't even understand like, like maybe what like languages or like who this is and he doesn't understand where he is like just by the look in his eyes and Saito had the same reaction and um that's what I really love because we can understand 
that feeling that I'm just like questioning of, I couldn't imagine how it would feel, but you can see it in their eyes. Right, right. I I agree. And uh, then we, you know, end up with the the end sequence where, again, great music to end it off. It's like, oh, can can he come back to America? I guess. Yeah. And, can uh, Kyle finally can Kyle finally come home? And you know, he has this little like uh, 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 moment was like, okay, maybe maybe not everything's okay because you know he gives him the passport and you know this is the last chance. Is is is, is what did it work? And uh, it did. And Saito came through. Yeah, Saito <laughs> came through. We see this like awesome shot where you know he just walks down, sees everybody in this whole inception, I guess, team or whatnot. And uh, it's almost sad too because yeah. you're like, oh man, like it's it, over. You know? Yeah, it's, it's like, over. Oh. <laughs> you don't you don't want to lose the team. The yeah, dream team. yeah, you don't want to lose. Yeah, the dream team. And uh, yeah, we just he everything's all nice and fine. He he goes back home. Throws the top one more time on the table. Well, he gets to see his kids, though, finally. Oh, yeah. He gets, well, first he first drops the top, and then uh, he goes to see the kids and, you know, is excited or whatnot. And uh, then here we enter the, the famous scene for Inception, probably, that everybody uh, thinks about, you know. Right. Because we, you know, he drops the top, he sees his kids, and, you know, it's an all excited moment. But then the camera goes back to the spinning top, and it just ends right there. We never see it topple. We never see anything else. It just completely end credits right there. Yeah, an ambiguous ending, and uh, obviously, like the significance behind the top uh, just staying and not actually like falling is because the top has to fall, and and in reality. And if it right. keeps, if it continues spinning, that means you're still in a dream. And um, yeah, we we never actually see it fall, and we just cut and we we just go to black and we go to the end credits. Right. Um. Yeah. Definitely a talked about scene. Whether or not that cop is still dreaming. It's interesting though the fact that he still needs to reassure himself after all of that, after everything that has happened, which would make sense. That he needs to reassure himself that he's um not dreaming. You know, well, technically, you could say that, uh, uh, in reality, <laughs> technically, yeah. that he he doesn't need it anymore because the fact that he he's at one moment he dropped it, but then he saw his kids and was like, okay, whatever, he kind of just leaves it behind, quote unquote, and uh, he doesn't really go back to we don't see him come back to check it or whatnot. So, and that way, does he need to even know anymore, you know? I think he got like past that whole thing where it doesn't really matter as long as he found some sort of happiness. It goes kind of go back to like memento yeah. in a sense where like, uh, you know, do you allow yourself to be happy or whatnot, but done in some other way, you know? Uh, uh-huh. It's uh, it's interesting. It's uh, definitely talked about, definitely debated, you know. Dude, I kind of heard that the you know it went down or whatnot. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's like I heard it, man. I heard it. But uh, well, we definitely saw the top wobble. It didn't. Right, it didn't. Right, it didn't yeah. topple all the way. It didn't fall. But we definitely saw it wobble a little bit. So it leads me to believe, and that's what's great about that ending. That and or those kinds of like ambiguous endings. It leaves it up to the audience mm-hmm. to like say, oh yeah, it, it, he's still dreaming, and it's and it's still spinning, or um, you know, it fell. And for me personally, I think it probably fell because it started wobbling, but it was you still spinning. Never, you never know. I'm never going to know. 
I hope that he's back in reality at this point and he isn't yeah. dreaming because that would suck. I used to always hate that ending uh, of like the first time I watched it, but now, oh, really? yeah, I always used to hate. I like, I guess just the fact that we just didn't know. You uh-huh. know, I always, I always hated it, but nowadays I'm like, okay, I like it. You know, I, I'm more open to the idea that. You know, it's kind of like left out there. We don't really have to know. It depends. Just like uh, yeah, sure. how strong you're really connected to these characters. And like, oh, man, I really want to see him, you know, be happy or whatnot. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it just, it, I think overall, it, it's probably one of the best pieces for Inception. Yeah. Just to end it that way. Yeah, totally. It's definitely a really great moment. And you you really want to have the hope that he's in reality now and he's out of the he's out of dreamland and he can finally like be with his kids and be happy mm-hmm. um yeah uh yeah like it's just like i i really do want to know but i'm glad that we can just keep it ambiguous and we can just keep it like it's up to our own interpretation i will say though and this is another key fact that i didn't actually like pick up on the very first time because remember how when we were introduced to the ideas of totems, totems being like the top, uh, Arthur's way to die. Um, so there was this whole big deal of like not letting them touch it. And I wonder like, is it because like if someone else touches it and if someone else has to create the dream, they'll know the physics of how it works, correct? Yeah. All right. If you remember this part, uh, Cobb, he lets Ariane hold the the, his, the top. Right. That's why I was, I was actually going to bring that up because technically, let's say this is fake. She's the only one that actually knows everything. She's been to that house. She's she saw the 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 kids or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Like, and she knows uh, what's the mall's uh, Michael Caine's character. Yeah, right? yeah, the father-in-law. So Miles, I think. So technically. You know, it could have been created for him. Yeah. In it, theory. In theory. In theory. Like, what if they actually failed the whole Inception yeah. thing? Yeah. And, uh, like, maybe he never actually found Saito. And, you know, he never woke up and... Or, yeah, no, he never woke up and he just went into a dream state that someone else yeah. created for him. It's entirely possible. I noticed that part when, when she touched the top and I was just like... Wait a minute. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, we got to remember this for later. So that's one thing to, to take note of if you didn't catch that. I didn't catch it the very, like, you know, the, I don't know, the 100 times I've seen it already. Um, but, yeah. And, like, for, for 2010, I, I'm surprised that this movie is already, like, uh, you know, over a decade old. That's crazy thinking about it now. I remember when it came out. I know. Me, me too. And it's, like, it's it's crazy to it's crazy to think about because... I don't know what this has to say about films nowadays, but like I feel like you know the 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 blockbuster hasn't come very far. You know, it feels <laughs> you know like it, it it feels like this film could have came out today. Yeah, but good film. Um, still very intriguing. Still like it. I think as an action film, you know, I think I really enjoy it. You know, like yeah. it's hard again not to really get captivated. And like, oh man these stakes and the oh, dreams, man, yeah, you know, this action happening, you know, yeah. it's, it's exciting. Good characters. But, uh, again, going back to this whole, like, um, realism based science fiction, you know, it's, it's, you know, you, there, you gotta take some liberties in a lot of places. Right. Uh, so if you're looking in that realm, maybe you'll be disappointed. 
But uh, again, just as an action film, maybe you just want to watch, you know, like, oh, yeah, I just want to get into it. I think, uh, you know, Blockbuster 101, you know, I guess. Yeah, turn uh, to Christopher Nolan. It, it, it's enjoyable. It's a enjoyable film. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'd be wrong to miss it, I guess. Mm, definitely agree. So there we have it. Christopher Nolan's science fiction slash action film Inception. We hope you enjoyed listening and watching this episode and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the end credits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the end credits podcast and over on Twitter at the end credits. If you're watching the video version, make sure to subscribe to the end credits YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you and goodbye.